Welcome to NSCA's Coaching Podcast, episode 66. But a lot of the, it's sports. A lot of the, the athletes now, they just want the outcome. They don't want to understand the, the, the cliche term of the process, you know, but really uh, the process is how you weed out the ones that, uh, that uh, are worthy of the outcome. This is the NSCA's Coaching Podcast, where we talk to strength and conditioning coaches about what you really need to know, but probably didn't learn in school. There's strength and conditioning, and then there's everything else. Welcome to the NSCA Coaching Podcast. I am Scott Caulfield. Here with me today in the nation's capital, Mike Hill, Director of Sports Performance at Georgetown. Coach, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's an honor to be here. Appreciate you taking time out of schedule. I know uh, summer session is kind of in full go here, so you guys are pretty busy. Yeah, yeah, we are in uh, week six of our intensification phase of our basketball program, so it's uh, it's intense. Yeah, you said guys are getting after it, and uh, being at the level you're at, uh, every everybody's here for the summer. Yes, we just got uh, um, five got five new guys, and then nine returners with one one transfer who can, who is now eligible to play. So, fourteen total guys, and I think. We may get one more, maybe not. I'm not yeah. sure, but 14 guys riding the roster right now. Awesome. And you've been checking out the conference. We're here at the National Conference in D.C. Uh, any great sessions that you've uh, attended or people you've seen that you enjoyed? I guess I'm looking forward to, honestly, Dave Terry, Coach Dave Terry, yeah. who is working on my staff. And, yeah. and we've kind of been in and out of, uh, of a lot of them um, you know, and just looking—I guess really looking forward to, to yeah. looking forward to his. Yeah, his really. We appreciate Coach Terry too because he was kind of a last-minute ad. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Appreciate you hooking me up with him. We we're trying to fill that final kind of uh, coaching track roster for Saturday, and I know you guys are busy. You've got a USA weightlifting course that gonna, he's going to take some time out of. Yeah, to come tomorrow. Present, so. Yep. Yep, tomorrow USA uh, weightlifting tomorrow and Sunday. So yeah. busy, yeah. even even on the back end, busy with the athletes and then busy on the other end. So that's cool. Yep. Um, so you're in charge of you know mainly with basketball, um, director of sports performance. Maybe tell us a little bit about all of your duties and responsibilities though as a director at Georgetown. So yeah, I oversee the whole department, but I I really am you know an associate athletic director position because I really just do men's basketball. I fill in where need be, but Dave is really the uh, the true director because okay. he is in the main weight room. He oversees the whole. Uh, he's got the thumb on the pulse of the athletes. Really, he does football. Um, he does track. Fills in where he needs to go. And being at Georgetown, we only have three full time. Then we have okay. uh, four full time interns and one part time position. So okay. we're building upon that staff. And so me being gone with basketball a lot, I have to rely on the other two staff members and the rest of the uh, the uh, internship positions. So yeah. it's uh it's it's worked me worked well throughout the years me being from georgetown or coming to georgetown in 2004 uh i was kind of the first intern okay. um so when coach morelli was there and he wanted me to create the internship program um i created it really from nothing and how how, how do you take nothing and create something i had no direction i had no uh uh, compass per se and so we created three different levels a full-time level a college level and then a volunteer level and being in dc we just once we opened up our doors i mean we found great talent yeah. within our own 15 mile radius yeah. um 
so a lot of and a lot of them are here. A lot of them yeah. are here at the conference. They're yeah. still doing personal training at different colleges, at at private facilities, um, and so it's grown. And uh, I, you know, it it still has a lot of potential to grow, yeah. but uh, it's in a very good place. You know, yeah. I, I feel uh, I always said that I could stay at Georgetown for the rest of my life. I could also leave tomorrow, knowing that we have built it, and for the next person, it, it's on the path to success. Yeah. So. So it. What uh, when you first started there in 2004? What was your actual? So I was a I I was a volunteer internship. So I had to volunteer for almost a year. Okay. And I was going around training at uh, different high schools within the area. I went to Catholic University as well. I drove up to Johns Hopkins. Um, I went over to to uh, um, Howard uh, once, and uh, yeah, it was just it's it uh, having. So many colleges within the area. I was exposed to all the strength coaches: um, uh, Jason Riddell, Beardman um, at GW, Hammer. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it was a good little group of uh, strength coaches, and obviously they all were NSCA members. And me yeah. being a member since 2003, yeah. um, this conference was here, I believe, in 2006. Sounds right. 2006. Yeah. So yep. that was kind of my first conference coming yeah. here, yep. being a member, being a part of a staff. Um, and so it's kind of bittersweet now being here. Yeah. You know? um, and and I guess backtrack again from that. Where where did you get the first kind of itch or inclination that, you know, that you could go down this career path? It's uh, so... After leaving, growing up in Iowa, um, I went to University of Northern Iowa, and then after after college, I uh, went to uh, out in California. I was working as a personal trainer, 24-hour fitness, kind of like where where most people get their programs and you know learn how to communicate with other people and wear different hats and things. And I really enjoyed it. I relished that opportunity to do that, and um, it actually helped me. Uh, with a lot of different things because I thought I knew the science. I thought I knew all this, but it, when it came to human to human contact, you know, um, teaching a 14 year old kid all the way up to a, a geriatric 90 year old patient or per, uh, client um, will help you kind of fine tune those skills to yeah, teach sure. uh, 18 to 24 year old uh, athlete how to move and manipulate themselves. So it, w- it was a good opportunity. I also, I was very fortunate uh, at the uh, Oakland Raiders, um, Coach Chris Pearson uh, gave me, you know, uh, a, a sit down, and he was like, "Mike, if you would like to do this, these are the things that you would need to do." Okay. And at that time, I had one certification, and he said, "You need to get your NSCA. Okay. You need to do this next, and then this next." So the first, cool. I went online, found it, found a spot at San Jose, and took it literally six months later. So, no, that's cool. That. It's it's interesting to me too. A lot of us, a lot of people get their kind of initial fix, like you said, in personal training or working with different uh, people about different backgrounds and ages, and then you get uh, you know that experience to be, um, you know, you get that you hear about training athletes or you train a couple athletes, and then you're like, oh wait, this is a thing, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and that was the same for me. I, you know, and I had a different personal training certification and people were telling me, no, no, if you want to train athletes, you need to check out this thing, this NSCA thing, it's called CSCS. And then mm-hmm. once I started reading about it and I was like, oh, I need to find out more. And I didn't even, I mean, living in Vermont is 
I joke around that they're always, you know, like three to five years behind the times. So it was just like, we're in the, <laughs> we're in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. So it takes stuff a little longer to get out there. And, you know, by the time I, after that fact, I, you know, I ended up like searching out the guy who was at the university of Vermont and trying to, f you know, find out, all right, wh what is, what do these guys actually do? Yeah. Uh, so it was yeah. pretty neat. Um, so you, you did that volu kind of volunteer internship. How long did it take to turn into a paying gig for you? It was, it started at about the nine month period, the conversation started to happen. And, uh, then it was about at the 12 month mark, a full year was I, uh, um, got the go ahead and started and it was basically like, all right, Mike, here you go, hit the ground running and you have 15 teams and yeah, yeah. your day starts at 6 AM and you can't leave until seven. And after that, I need you to go do this on Saturdays <laughs> and do this on Sundays. And, and it was, so it, it taught me a lot. It taught me how to be very efficient, disciplined, um, how to control a room and more literally and i say this more about the whole program than yeah. it was about the actual program on the piece of paper yeah um how to control uh, uh you know 60 60 swimmers swimming right, divers right. in a room at once when it's just yeah. myself because it was just myself and coach morelli until yeah. we got the third position uh coach dewan dix and then he came in and then we dumped him with the load yeah, so there's yeah, 29 yeah. sports at georgetown wow, and so yeah. if you split them all up um we all were helping with, with football. We all were helping with basketball, the men's lacrosse, the women's lacrosse. And so there are certain sports where it was we called all hands on deck. And uh, so those made for some serious long days. But you look back and it taught us it taught us a lot. It taught us how to work together. It taught us, like I said, discipline, efficiency. Um, you know, safety protocols have to be in place. Otherwise, somebody's going to get hurt. Right. Um, so now... You know, we moved into a, a 10,000 square foot facility with, uh, you know, two different other weight rooms that are 2,000 square feet each. So uh, men's and women's basketball, and then we have the main weight room. So now it's a little bit different. Now we have a kind of other challenges, but they're still good challenges. Yeah. So. Um, and you've worked to you that uh, at Georgetown, you were able to get your master's degree yes. while you were there. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it was kind so, of while you were going to, while you're working. Yep. And, yep. In 2010, they created a sports industry management program, uh, master's program, and so I was the first class uh, to go in there to get uh, to get uh, uh, admitted to to uh, that um, the well they call it the sim program, but it's a, the uh, school of continuing uh, education. Okay. And so I got admitted to that, and then I graduated in 2012. And so yeah, it's. Uh, it was it, it was really nice. I was looking to actually do uh, some ATC, some athletic training, and so I had gone over to GW, and that wasn't going to work after a couple of years. Right. Um, I had to do my clinical stuff, and so it just kind of popped up at Georgetown, and I decided to take it. Yeah, I think going back to, to what you said a little bit, you know, earlier about the crazy hours or whatever, and and not that ever, you know, not that not that this needs to be like some sort of crazy initiation or you know something that everybody has to go through and. I think I, you know, you hear people say, "Oh, it's so hard to get a job," blah blah, you know. But like, we were willing to do those kind of crazy things and work all these hours and do stuff on Saturday and Sunday because we we wanted to get, you know, to where we hoped to get, where where we saw down the road. And and at that time, right, you're in a you're at a point in your life where you can do those yeah. things. And I think that's the big 
I think that's a piece that I see people kind of today trying to, I don't know if they're trying to cut it short or just yeah. not understanding younger people, not understanding, like, not that you just have to do your time. We're not saying you, you know, you have to do this badge of honor cause it's initiation, but like, are you really willing to be, to get to that level? Yeah. You see, I guess, uh, you know, um, now all the business development and self-help stuff is, you know, coming out and, you know, you need to grind and you need to work and you sleep when you're dead, all that type right. of stuff. Right. And, but a lot of the, it's sports, a lot of the, the athletes now, they just want the outcome. They don't want to understand the, the, the cliche term of the process, right. you know, but really uh, the process is how you weed out the ones that, uh, that uh, are worthy of the outcome really. Yeah. And so it, it it's uh yeah, like not not that. Yes, you, you it doesn't need to be an initiation phase, but I guess I think we put ourselves in that position because we love it so much, and we if it, and it does weed out the people who aren't worthy. Um, and now, it, yeah, I, I do see nowadays uh, when you get when you get a young strength coach coming in, is. Uh, Right away, they want to implement their programs with with a group of athletes. Right away, they want to see if it's going to work, and and I like that and I appreciate that. But at the same time, seeing how the room works, seeing how everything around the program, um, checking them, you know, athletes off, making sure you understand uh, their name, making sure you know their name and understand who they are as a person. You know, understanding their sport rather than just understanding the programs that you would like to put them through. Yeah. Um, so I see. I think that's that that's. Uh, talking about a topic that's that's a missing piece totally. in in the the young strength coaches coming up and and i myself it was a was a uh, prime example of that i came in and the first question i asked coach morelli is you know what's what's your program what are your percentages on what's your numbers yeah. and he was like we don't have time for that i am one strength <laughs> coach with 29 yeah. sports i'm just trying to get them all in georgetown gear yeah um <laughs> so yeah, no, that's a great point. I think it was Ramsey Nijem from the it Kings was, yeah. on that yep. said, you know, yep. before you try and fix someone's squat, learn their name. Learn their name, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. That was awesome. that's great. Yeah, and again, you know, I've worked with people that, you know, that were like, well, I, you know, I had to do this, so the intern should have to do it. And, you mm -hmm. know, I can, I can, I feel great about saying that, like, we at our internship program at headquarters, uh, our interns get paid overtime if they work over 40 hours that they don't work That's from great. open to close anymore, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I get in trouble if, uh, if they get too many overtime hours because I tend to not care if they get overtime. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. It's but easier not sorry. to get forgiveness and permission. Yeah. Is my, yeah. also my other mantra. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hopefully my boss doesn't listen to that. Um, but uh, you've also really cool. You, I mean, I, I was joking around that I'd be awestruck, you know, working where you work because of the coach, the sport coaches that you've had a chance to work with, you know, and that probably is also can be an extreme challenge, I suppose, or maybe not an extreme challenge. But, you know, you have somebody, um, John Thompson, storied, legendary coach and, and then Patrick Ewing, mm -hmm. one of the greatest players to ever play in the NBA. Um what has that been like with people like that? And, you know, how, how have you, your interactions with those guys gone? I guess, so coming to Georgetown, you obviously, you're aware of the history of, of, of Coach Thompson and the basketball and, and the lineage of everyone from, you know, Coach Ewing and people before Coach Ewing and, and all, all the way up till, till the now, the Otto Porters and, and everybody else, Jeff Green in between, Allen Iverson and, uh, so 
understanding all of that and it was it was kind of like okay i need to in terms of just making my 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 own name my own self in front of all these uh uh, great legends within the basketball realm and so I, i remember when uh, it was my first kind of official practice, um, and I'd been around, you know, I'd, I'd been doing, uh, working with Coach Morelli and uh, being around the basketball program and, and uh, whatnot, but it wasn't uh, like I was their head strength coach, and I w- it wasn't at practice, that, you know, those, those many years beforehand, but um, it was one practice I came in, and I noticed that there was only three people that were sitting down at practice. Mm. One of them was was. Uh, Miss Lori Michaels, who was their athletic trainer for 20 plus years. Uh, another one was uh, Coach Thompson's security guard, Greg Roberts, who's been over there for 20 years. Okay. And the other was Big Coach Thompson. Okay. And so immediately just seeing my surroundings and observing and learning what I call the old method, observing, learning, and develop myself, yeah. is I observed that and I watched everybody. I learned kind of like, uh, I shouldn't say this, uh, uh, you know, like, uh, you know, being around a pack of animals it's right. like you got to work your way yeah, kind of in totally. that um so you know i didn't say anything for quite some time i yeah. just grabbed a towel wiped sweat up off you know did the dynamic warm-up everything yeah. just stayed there whatever you need i'm going to get you water bottles i'm going to help out the managers and and after a while it was it was a it was quite a while it was about a year and a half big coach is like hey son come here and he was like i'm noticed you don't sit down and i was like and he's like, looked at the security guard and he said, well, Greg, it took Greg two years to sit down. And I was like, well, I'm going to sit up for, stand up for four then coach. And I yet, I have yet to sit down at practice, uh, nice. which is, I mean, it's, that shouldn't say anything, but, right. uh, but it just me, I want to be involved. I want to yeah. be what the, be in practice, um, and be there and be on the court, helping out the managers, yeah. um, picking guys up. I run, when guys fall down, I run there, run out there and I pick them up and that may sound corny, but it's really big. It's big to the guys, and it shows that I'll literally do anything. I'll wipe the floor. I'll get you water, wipe your sweat, whatever. You need help. Athletic trainer needs something. I'll go run and do it. Like, I will, you know, mow your yard if you need it. If if that's going to make us great and move us to the next level, I'll do it. Yeah, well, and I think that – it it shows – tells a lot about you, but, like, also it it gives you – more to do right you're more involved you aren't just sitting there the whole time yeah and then you might just end up be kind of moping around like uh well, i don't do anything at practice yeah, I don't well why don't you do anything yeah. at practice because you choose not to do anything yeah right yeah yeah <laughs> you know i mean we do there's stuff uh, obviously just like any any uh sports performance strength coach um there's stuff to do before there's stuff to do after but in between you know if, if you're collecting data if you're not collecting data there's not much you just watch sure. practice um just trying to stay in literally involved as much as i possibly can because yeah. um, i think it's important for the kids i think they get they gain camaraderie by by seeing me do that yeah. you know we, we gain totally. camaraderie by by them seeing me do that so it uh yeah yeah i think it's kind of one of those intangible things that it's like on your resume what what do you do here right you know what do you what do you do here yeah. for us yeah and so, well and talking to a lot you know some of the pro strength coaches we've had on this you know all all of them talk about being on the road and yeah most often you're not doing your actual job you yes. know you're helping yeah. with bags you're helping with whatever else and and obviously that that all lends to whatever if you want to call it culture you know the the team the big picture you mm-hmm. know being more useful than just 
well, I'm just the strength coach. Yeah. 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 You hit it with the cult. You hit it with the culture thing. Um, you know, that was one thing, uh, when I came talking about, uh, uh, the Georgetown basketball is, is, uh, they called it the Hoya paranoia. Okay. And once you get inside it and, uh, you know, I've been inside it now for 15, 15 years yeah. and 10 years as, as the, as the head. And, uh, now I understand it. Right. Now I understand what's, why it's that, you know, when we travel, um, you know, we travel, we travel with, uh, uh, our managers. When we get off the bus, everybody helps grab, grabs yeah. a bag. Yeah. There's players, coaches, everything. We have a system in the bus where, you know, you, you have your, you have your spot. Once right. you jump on a bus quick, you know, who's not here, who is here, who's yeah, not yeah. here. Um, little things like that. You know, saying, please and thank you picking up your stuff making sure you take a hat off when you walk inside the door taking your hood off little things um not wearing headphones um at dinner when you're talking to people or when you're at dinner um uh or when you're talking to people and, and it's it, it, all the little things the small things that you can see um other teams do right. you know pro right. and college yeah, other yeah. teams do it it just that that's what i love about georgetown this little small things the culture yeah, yeah. aspect of it yeah well, and, so, and, and and the underlying factor too there right like it's teaching young men life lessons of yeah. just how to yeah. be good people yeah. Right? yeah and that was a big coach thing yeah. that was a big coach thompson thing and then it went came down to his son uh coach john thompson the third and and coach ewing was a product of it yeah. and so that's kind of how you know i've been very fortunate to have coach morelli who gave me the opportunity and uh who who taught me all of the the strength coach things brought me in as a little brother because I never had a big brother. Taught me all that stuff, and I still talk to him today. He's still a mentor of mine today. And then having you know big coach Thompson there as uh, a, you know um, kind of a, a, a grandfather figure mentor, just listening to him. I yeah. I rarely ask him a question, um, just listening. And then coach Thompson, and now having him coach Thompson for. 13 years and okay. then now coach Ewing for three. Yeah. So it's, uh, I've been very fortunate, yeah. very fortunate. And it's coach Ewing, uh, given them get, you know, I mean, I'm assuming I may be wrong, but you know, being probably in the weight room himself, you know, more, is he more of a proponent of, of what you do and oh, yeah. guys being in the gym? Yeah. yeah. He lifts himself. He gets yeah. it in. Yeah, yeah. He does his, he does his morning conditioning yeah. every morning, gets up and does his uh, morning routine. And then he, uh, he comes in and lifts. He usually tries to get two to three times a week. So he yeah. comes in and lifts, uh, on the Sornex racks. He loves yeah, them. Yeah. 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 And fan. is he, and are you writing his program now I, or does he do whatever he, no, I write, he, he works. I, yeah. I make okay. him, he, he gives me the look every once in a while. Yeah. 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 But yeah. it's, it's good. You know, he's very, one of the, you know, probably top five, if not the best, right. uh, uh, centers and big men in, yeah. in the ever, game. Ever and game. he's still, agile he's yeah. still strong yeah. he still moves well yeah. um yeah does he ever does he ever jump into drills and show guys he what's up no he doesn't <laughs> he could he could he definitely could I'm, yeah. I'm sure he's got a few more pounds to move people around yeah now, yeah, so yeah, yeah. I don't, yeah i think i think guys would have a tough time stopping him <laughs> yeah um I should have asked this at the beginning, but do you know off the top of your head how many pair of Jordans you own? Uh, it's a <laughs> staggering amount. I actually have, I had to get a rack uh, for them. You know, I, it's me and being from Iowa, you know, I grew up 
I had a farm, but I didn't grow up on a farm. I yeah. had to work on that farm. Yeah. Um, so you, you got your work boots. Right. Um, you got your summer sandals-ish. Yeah. And you got your sports shoes. And that's really, maybe you have one other pair of school shoes. Um, but uh, sometimes my school shoes were my basketball shoes. Right. And so... I don't run through them as much as, yeah. say, the guys do, but I do have a, a, quite a large amount of them uh, in size 11. So if anybody needs size 11s, I, I do have them. Damn you, um, Vernon Griffith. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's awesome. Um, when you guys hire you know, interns and stuff like that, too, now, obviously, you've been doing that for a while. Mm -hmm. um, are there kind of key traits or things that you're looking for and, and even assistance you know when you have positions open like what are the biggest things that you know you guys are looking for for people that you want to work with or add you know to add to your staff i guess so knowing the science knowing the practicality knowing uh your job and and uh and being competent at that said job that's for me that's the price of admission yeah. that's you that you walk in the door and that's supposed to be expected of you are you you know are you reading the the latest research what books are you reading what outside books are you reading yeah, yeah. Um, those are to be expected what we kind of look for is one are you adaptable um, are you going to come in here and uh, you know make make us go into your make uh, our round our round peg go into your triangle hole. Um, and, you know, more, more, more the adaptability aspect of it. Yeah. Um, the adaptability is, is huge uh, for us. Um, I guess, too, it, it's also doing the right things when no one's looking. Um, did we give you a task or can you take tasks and, uh, um, you know, do those mundane tasks daily right. without uh, without having someone to follow up on it. Yeah. You know, I think I can't remember who said the quote, but it's like company and fish start to stink after three days. So <laughs> yeah, after yeah. you know three days, it, are you going to start to stink? And so, um, yeah, those kind of uh, small little intangible intangible things are you know what's more important yeah. than you know where are you from or what name do you right. have attached to you yeah. um are you willing to work yeah um so yeah and i think lauren lando made a said it on one of his one of the first episodes that we did with him you know he was talking about like are you gonna are you gonna like wipe the water up that's you know sitting on the edge of the sink in the restroom or you're just going to walk by it you know and i i notice little things like that like yeah. you know when i'm walking in from the parking lot right and there's a piece of there's a gatorade wrapper yeah. or something on the turf or an empty bottle sitting somewhere and you know i grab it and i'm and i wonder sometimes like how many people walk by this yeah. right character yeah. character put a yeah. camera in the bathroom and find out who washes their hands yeah. you know yeah. and see just like a little creepy but uh <laughs> see you know who does the little things literally when no one's looking right um yeah those are i guess it's not it's not one thing you kind of you, 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 you nowadays you can't hire obviously a good strength coach just by getting the resume and getting a call from someone um, you got to have them in front of you, see the, see what they're, see, see how they move within the room, um, see how they react, see, uh, you know, are they dressed appropriately for the job? Yeah. Um, you know, I had a long time ago, um, 
I had an a, uh, internship candidate come in uh, eating a granola bar. It was 15 minutes late. He had cargo shorts on, and I'm a huge cargo short fan. Yeah. However, uh, this guy was 15 minutes late eating a granola bar, and he was like, is Coach Hill around? And I said, nope, he left for the day. And uh, he said he had an interview, and I said, yeah, I don't know, he left for the day. And kid turned around and left. It's pretty interesting. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully he's listening, but not listening, right. I don't know. Right. Maybe not. But uh, he had the cargo shorts thing going for him at once, but if he would have showed up early. But, yeah, uh, yeah it was just uh, I dress for the job that you want, not the job you have. And it's, yeah. Well, and a good point, too, in a day and age of, like, not even that. There's a website with your picture on it, I'm sure, right? Like, exactly. Do you do, 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 do some homework? Do you mm-hmm. know what you're about to do? No, the same thing. I Actually, we uh, interviewed a... I think it was when I was at NSC. I had worked at a private sports performance club back in the day. Um, I was actually like, uh, I won an award by the by your peers at that club for you know trainer of the year. It was on the it was on, literally on the wall in the gym, and uh, you know I saw this kid's resume. I was like, oh, he definitely we're gonna we're gonna give this kid interviews from RBC, and uh, you know, talk to him, talk to him. No, had no clue that I had ever worked there, and I was like, wow. <laughs> Like situational <laughs> awareness, dude. Like situational it's awareness. In my yeah, bio too. Exactly. You could have asked one person, and made made <laughs> made yourself at least had a had a a plus one on. Yeah, your thing, yeah, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, wow. Baffling sometimes. So, <laughs> um, I know you read a ton of books. Yeah. Um, that it always impresses me because I I buy a lot of books. And then I, they sit in stacks, and I don't read as many as I should. So you make me feel bad when, when you I sleep. See the you books learn them by osmosis, right? I try. Like I you're do. Absorbing I try. those words yeah. off the pages, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anything uh, that you've t- read lately that's super interesting or that you recommend? I guess, you know, during the day, um, you know, I have different. Uh, I guess you know, I listen to podcasts and in yeah. the car, and and kind of when I'm doing. Uh, I listen to too many podcasts. It kind of ruins right. my life. And then uh, I have to, like you. a drug addict, I got to shut here myself you. off, yep. go to rehab, and then I come back, right? <laughs> yep. yes. So uh, right now I kind of have uh, three revolving books, um, and I have not uh, started my, my – uh, I have a relevant strength book that yeah. I have at work yeah. that I'll read, you know, a couple pages at least or a chapter um, in the morning time. Uh, I have a bathroom reading uh, book yeah. that I just finished, uh, Patton's uh, One Minute Speeches, which is really good. Nice. So when you're sitting down and and uh, uh, and going through documents in the bathroom, uh, <laughs> I read uh, just a little one-pagers, you know, like one, yeah. 100 Deadly Skills, stuff like yeah, that, yeah, cool. um, which was really good. The Patton speech is really good. And then I'm reading uh, the book called The Field. It's kind of just energy around and okay. whatnot, The Force. It should be yeah. called The Force, but it's yeah. called The Field. Um, but, yeah, I go in phases of... I, for me, I, I, you know, I think it's important to one read relevant, uh, relevant information within yeah. your field. You know, I've always read, uh, <laughs> I always read the NSCA journal. Augie used to give it to me and be yeah. like, "Hey, read all these and right. then give me a summary." So I would just yeah, go yeah. through, highlight all this stuff, yeah. and then give him a summary. And he'd be like, "Oh, thanks." You know, it was quite funny, and I yeah. hope he listens to this and says that because he used to give me stacks of them. Yeah. Be like, "Oh, give them to Hill. Hill reads it. Mikey likes it, right?" <laughs> so I would read them all and be like, you know. It's inconclusive, or you know, we need to more. We need to do more hamstring work, yeah. or we need. This says we need to do more unilateral work, whatever. And so, uh, yeah, Augie got a plus with me with that. But awesome. um, so I think it's relevant to read that. I also think uh, you know. 
being as, as a, a sports performance coach, a strength coach, I think you need to have your own internal motivation. So that's why yeah. I like the little motivational stuff. Yep. Yeah, you know, um, I do. I think every strength coach now does a daily quote on the board, and I actually sure. make that relevant. I speak at the end of practice, um, or at the end of practice, at the end of each lift. Okay. Um, I kind of have my lesson plans, like, hey, what are we going to talk about today after nice. the lift? And it's like your internal voice, or nutrition, or sleep, cool. and I have that written down. So I don't kind of pepper them just just random information at the end of a lift, and then I talk about the quote that's up on the board and how it's relevant to them just to kind of you know i'm all over the place and so just kind of one um direct my thoughts towards the athletes and make it relevant to them to see if maybe something will resonate at some point um but uh you know to also maybe inspire them uh maybe one quote hits home and they just remember that and so each lift has a quote and and but uh, i was i also think it's important to for me I found that uh, just reading something outside, totally outside the box. And because that's where, you know, going back to the personal training thing is, is uh, you're here, you're working out, you're doing this stuff, but everyone has different likes and everyone has different triggers, you know? Um, You know, I know if we wanted to talk about, you know, hiking and and skiing, that's would be, if I read a book about that and that would trigger with, with resonate with yourself and, and uh, obviously Jordan shoes with, with me, it's like on the side. So um, just reading uh, all kinds of crazy stuff right now. I'm kind of reading like the field, the book about, uh, you know, just what's, what's out there, what's in between the space between us and dark matter and all that, all that stuff. So, yeah, no, I think that's cool. I think it's definitely, especially we can be so, you know, we're so a types strength and conditioning coaches, a type, uh, super focused, dedicated. Like if you're, if we just get too in the weeds of reading every strength and conditioning book under the sun too, you know, you're not, you're not kind of, tapping into some of those other needs that you really yeah. probably should get outside of the box every now and then yeah. and, and spend more time. Yeah. And I think, I actually think Ron too, McKeefer, you know, talks about reading whatever. It's like a strength training book. It's like a, you know, a book that he really enjoys and a business book or whatever yeah. it is and kind yeah. of rotates through those. So yeah, my strength books is, is Hester's coach Hester's book. Nice. Yeah. Diary, yeah. Diary of Mad Strength Coach. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm, I can't wait for that. Yeah. Yeah. Did you start that one? I yet? have not started okay. it yet. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 He's, we got an episode with him coming up soon. He, nice. he definitely, uh, teed the book up a little bit. <laughs> so can't wait. I haven't, I haven't dig, dug into it yet either. Um, I know going back to like the education stuff, kind of tailing off reading, um, you're on the uh, NSCA's exam development committee for the mm-hmm. CSCS exam, um, and that was a uh, um, new for you. I'd never done that, but um, maybe I know you, you can't tell us everything about it. Not that it's that top secret, but mm-hmm. what you guys do or help develop the, the exam and make it better and more practical. So, but please, you know, talk a little bit about what you can about that experience overall and, and what you guys do on that committee. Yeah, I thought you know going through. Everything was interesting. Just seeing how everything unfolded, how the test or the test exam is made, and you know, taking one question and how did that one question come about? How did uh, did the thought process come from that? And then, you know, uh, to use a power athlete, reverse engineering, yeah. reverse engineering everything, yeah. reverse engineer and look back. It's uh, you take it to the outline form and then you take it to an even bigger form, which we were talking about and and uh, swirling um, topics and conversations and dialing things back. And I think coming, you know, talking to two top secret, I think we actually identified some spots 
that uh, you know were relevant, but wedged in some more relevant things. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I think uh, the psychology piece right. is, is huge. Yeah. You know, yeah. what's driving these athletes, and to recognize, I shouldn't say the mental health aspect of it, but the the markers for it, yeah. um, and just kind of glazing over. So. Uh, glazing over that, so you're so you're aware of that. Yeah. Um, I thought it was more important, and to dial back in you know a couple different areas, and so just taking those topics and then dialing down. Okay, what's the relevant information that you need to know? Give me five points or three bullet points or how many bullet points do you, yeah. do you need? Okay, then going from there, what is the information or the two sentences that you need to that are broad scope, and then dialing a question or pulling out a question uh, from those few uh, phrases and so and then going back in the reverse and seeing it again and seeing is this will this asking this question um, um, make you um, more aware of the top that topic or or make make the uh, the exam or know if the exam e knows that topic so interesting Um, you know that I like I like bringing that up so people can hear it too because a lot of times I you know you'll hear people say well well, the NSCA this or the NSCA that. And, like, you know, we, being the NSCA, I'm speaking for everyone at headquarters, yeah. often don't, don't make, we don't make, uh, we don't make um, laws or rulings mm-hmm. or we don't, we're not the ones writing this test. So, yeah. actually, it's a committee of yes. 12 to 15 of your peers who are, you know, full-time in the trenches, strength and conditioning coaches like yourself yeah. and like the other people that were on that. Um, and these are the people, and, and for you listening, the, this could be you someday. You know, this is this is your, for sure. when you have an opportunity to step up and get involved, you know, you, you're going to be the ones uh, to be the Mike Hills and the Ron McKeefries and more Bergens of yeah. the world, you know. It it was, and I can, I mean, it. I shouldn't say it was exhausting because it was, it was, uh, you know, it's stuff that we're all passionate about. Yeah. But the whole process, we exhausted everything. We went around. Everybody spoke. Um, we looked at every different avenue, uh, you know, and brought up topics. And then we re re went through it again. Right. Um, and so, yeah, it was it was it was uh, interesting, fun, um, and uh, yeah, just it kind of it it opened up. My, I didn't know any of that stuff happened on the back end. Right. And, right, right. you know, it, bringing the committee together and, uh, you know, the, the, the broad committee that we had of all these people who and subject matter experts yeah. who knew the, the subject at hand and putting it together. It's like, wow, one, I looked around and thought, what am I doing here? <laughs> because I'm not, I'm definitely the least smartest person in this room. <laughs> yeah. Right. Who, yeah. did, did somebody welcome just, to my life? Yeah. Just <laughs> <laughs> did somebody not show up and I'm the alternate or what's going on here? But it's, uh, no, it, it, it was a great process. And, and, and I'm, I'm very confident that the exam coming out of the topics or coming out of the outline and things that we, and the, and the topics that we made and the things that we discussed, um, will be a, better exam you know always getting better for the next year and the next year always for the next uh five years so that's really cool no i'm, I'm glad you were a part of that and it's great to have uh people like you involved with the organization giving back like that um this has been awesome i know people are going to want to reach up reach out and follow you and and follow up with you um you want to give out any social media or uh, contact, whatever yeah. you want. We can, we'll obviously put it in the show notes too. But if you're listening and you don't know who Michael Hill is um, and you want to check him out, what's the best way to get reach out? Uh, you could 
Email on the GU Hoyas website is mdh42 at georgetown.edu. Okay. Um, but uh, my Instagram is probably the best way, which is at license underscore the number two underscore hill, license to hill. So, nice. um, yeah, my dad was a huge 007 fan, and I was nice. a huge uh, Beastie Boys fan, so license to hill. There we go. Yeah, that's great. And you, yeah, you put out some great stuff on Instagram, so definitely follow him check out the stories you're always keeping you're always keeping it stuff yeah keeping it fresh trying to keep it <laughs> trying to keep uh you know not uh not too boring but right. kind of not too great either i mean whatever <laughs> yeah no oh, man it's been a pleasure i appreciate you taking yeah. the time absolutely but, uh, it's great to be here in your city so yeah thanks Thank again you for, for having being me. on the show yep it's an honor and a big thanks to our sponsor, Sorenex Exercise Equipment. We appreciate their support. And to all of you listening, we appreciate your support. Uh, again, if you like the podcast, make sure that you subscribe wherever you download your podcast from. Write us a review and keep listening in. Look forward to talking with you all soon. Thanks. And if you're new to this podcast and want to learn more about NSCA's strength and conditioning certifications, you can get all the details at nsca.com certification. This was the NSCA's Coaching Podcast. The National Strength and Conditioning Association was founded in 1978 by strength and conditioning coaches to share information, resources, and help advance the profession. Serving coaches for over 40 years, the NSCA is the trusted source for strength and conditioning professionals. Be sure to join us next time. 